0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold. From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele. Our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. To what a world Cup to Megan From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Gold. stalker stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Creeping forward. He pulls up. 18 footer. PRM Fox Puts the Kings on top. Makes one, stakes twice, gives it belly.
1: 35 foot three for the win. The Balia. We deserve this win, man. When we're done, we can go chop it up, eat, golf, whatever you want to do. But for forty-eight minutes. I ain't about them games.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Post Podcast presented by the Kings Herald. My name is Brandon Nunez, got Rich Ivanowski on here as we usually
3: do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, the Sacramento Republic just won their first game of the season. And just just watch that on ESPN2, a little national broadcast. More love than the Kings get at times, quite honestly. <laughs> but um, if you're a Republic fan, I want to recommend... My other podcast, Rise of the Republic, on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, getting to the King stuff—it's—it's it's not as it's exciting right now. It's kind of a lot of bad to mixed news. Like I'd say, definitely on the on the bad side, a lot of the stuff coming out of camp so far. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't think we've touched on the Harrison Barnes news on here. Interestingly, Harrison Barnes—it uh, was confirmed has COVID and from my understanding, is still not joined the team in Orlando. Um, I know Buddy Heald and Alex Len are there. I've heard that Buddy has uh, joined practice. I didn't hear anything on Len um, joining the team or not. But, yeah, Barnes, obviously one of the key guys of this team. I mean, uh, you know, obviously the hope is that he uh, heals first of all and and it's just fine, him and his family with dealing with the COVID situation in regards to, for the Sacramento Kings. I mean, he's one of the guys that I've talked about right next to Fox with. I would want to give him some of the most minutes here. So there could be a lot of implications for him or anyone else with all the possible crazy situations that could go on at this bubble. And uh, I think that's why today we were going to dive into the depth chart a little bit today.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I don't think that we, we missed a podcast, so I believe we haven't talked since – Darren Fox sprained his ankle as well. So, All right. uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously huge news. If you are listening to this, you already know that. You're a big enough Kings fan that I'm sure we're not breaking the news to you that Fox sprained an ankle, left ankle, same ankle as uh, the injury in November. Um, does not appear to be of the same severity, thankfully, but we don't know the deal exactly. He will be reevaluated in about a week's time.
2: Yeah, definitely concerning. I mean, especially for guys that are, you would think, still trying to get back into game shape, even if you know, I'm sure most of these players have kept up good shape. Um, you hear players say all the time it's just different to be in NDA game shape, and it's going to take a little while for guys to do that. So, uh, you know, coming in a little bit beat up when you would think that most guys are going to go in fairly healthy uh, is not a great sign, and like you said, it being the same ankle, uh, definitely a little bit of concerns about maybe this uh, coming up throughout his career, but let's hope not, and like you said, the the report I saw was nine to ten days, so Fox uh, should be a go out there when they get their first uh,
3: warm-up games going on. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know i saw- i saw speculation that he probably would sit out the first uh scrimmage, but yeah, I mean the indications are that it, it won't affect the actual um you know the actual games, the games that count, but yeah i uh i I, Playoffs I hopes better <laughs> not <laughs> yeah no i i just uh that's a concern, and then you know, like Harrison Barnes really is pushing up against the uh, the limits. I, I'm I'm I don't know the exact guidelines. Um, I don't I'm not sure anyone does for sure. Things seem to be like a little bit uh, strange and amorphous at times. Like, you know, Rashawn Holmes got 10 days of isolation for picking up his postmates, and uh, but at the same time, like Zion Williamson left the bubble and we will only have to quarantine for four days when he returns. So I don't know. But the the point is that rather than say, like, we know for certain any one player will be absent from the Kings lineup, I think that it's, from my perspective, it's safe to say that it's a really high-risk environment where, you know, injuries, potential pandemic, you know, post orders, like, anything could keep out any player at any time. So that's why I thought we'd go um, deeper here and explore, you know, a a little bit more of the bench uh, in our, in our analysis of these games.
2: Yeah, I definitely think uh, that'd be a good exercise to do here. And uh, you know, there's a, they, they have a fighting chance for this playing game where I think you and I, uh, I'll speak for myself. I think Memphis is going to stay in that eight spot uh, with a pretty comfortable lead. They got going there and, Yeah, competing with Portland and New Orleans for that play-in game. I think Sacramento's got a decent chance here, Um, assuming no injuries. But like you said, uh, we'll kind of go through the depth that, interestingly, I think at the beginning of the year we kind of pointed this out, I think Sacramento has some decent depth to them um, at some positions more than others for sure, though.
3: Yeah, I think in general that was going to be a strength of this team. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, six – Six different players having limited availability already. That's over a third of the roster. You know, that's that's uh, that's uh tough. So, yeah, let's get into it. And I thought a way that we could do this is we could play a little game, make a little game out of it. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to ask you what you feel the percentage chance is that the Kings make that play-in game against Memphis. And I want to get a baseline. So we'll start, you know, under the assumption that everyone is fully healthy, fully available, ready to go, like a full strength roster. What's your percentage chance the Kings make that play again?
2: You know, it's a little optimistic, uh, but it's kind of just an easier number for this as well. And I I believe in them. I think they have a 50% chance of making this playing game. Um, We've kind of gone through the other team's schedules. I think Portland's going to be really difficult. I worry about Dame just absolutely popping off for, you know, eight games, even like four of them. Dropping, you know, 100 over three games is totally something Dame's going to do throughout this stretch. Um... But you know, I, I think Sacramento's got a good chance with the schedule they're looking at. They hold their fate in their own hands. Two Pelicans games kind of ran through that. Uh, I'm starting at 50% here.
3: That's really high. Uh, I will say I'm not going to comment too much on your personal opinions, and, and I appreciate you giving yourself some room. But I think that's what's going on here. You you want to be able to get down at varying levels. I'm you don't, so. yes for sure <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this game when we're going to go through this and we're going to throw out every kind of scenario Um, if each player or combination of players is unavailable uh, I'm going to ask Brendan for his number his his percentage at that point so yeah you're going to want I I see you want some downward mobility here
2: yeah I I want a little bit here and yeah you're right 50 is probably a little high like I, I I wouldn't if it wasn't for the sake of this game, I'd probably be around more of like a 40, even a 35-ish. But, yeah, for the sake of this, I don't think it's crazy to think they have a 50% chance. Uh, I yeah. am being optimistic and leave myself a little bit of space, though, yeah.
3: No, and, and to and in your defense, if we like are for sure the Kings are 100% available, considering that that probably won't be the case for the other teams, then maybe that advantage would get them to 50%. So I'm not going to... Not going to knock you too much for this, but, um, yeah, so, so I'll I'll just say before, before we get into the meat of it, uh, Walton likes to keep an eight or nine man rotation. He said that, he said specifically he wanted an eight or nine man rotation in Orlando, but he's acknowledged that's probably not going to happen, right? Um, they're just going to be reaching deeper into their bench for all these reasons we've discussed. So, first of all, um, I mean, you can establish this. I think we, I think we kind of all know. But who are like your nine guys that are in this rotation? Say everyone's fully healthy.
2: Yeah. So the obvious ones are Fox, Bogey, Buddy, Barnes, and Holmes. Um, that is one, two, three, four, five, six guys right there. I'm gonna put Bialisa in there as well for seven. And then, hmm, I, I mean. I'll, I'll I think you Cor- only, only named five. Okay, and then
3: so. I had to be
2: got it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you're right there. And then Alita, so that makes six. I'll put Kojo literally just every minute that Fox can't play. I, I really like Kojo as a backup, but uh, I think we've said it before. I just want to get Fox as many minutes as possible. But all the minutes Fox isn't out there, Corey Joseph can take his place. And then for the backup five, I mean,. This is interesting to me because I think that you really can split it, and it's going to depend on the scenario between Bagley and Giles. Like the first game, I think you're going against up a kind up against a kind of uninspiring front court, and I think you're going to give Bagley and Giles some run. And if they can get clicking, that uninspiring front court being the San Antonio Spurs without LaMarcus Aldridge, and I think you give Bagley and Giles some run there. And if they can get clicking, hopefully a little bit of positive momentum. Those are guys you're gonna try out, and then Len is the fallback uh safe option. So yeah, I'll go Fox, Bogey, Buddy, Barnes, uh, Holmes, and then Bielitza, Corey Joseph. And I'll throw Marvin Bagley.
3: Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a solid eight. I would probably add Basemore on the wing uh to back it up Bo, uh, Bogey and you, Buddy. Yeah, I forgot about that one. You're totally right there. That that's probably a nine, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then a right, so, the safety one for me. Okay, so I don't think we're going to get 10. In, like, an ideal scenario where everyone's healthy, I, I think Bagley's getting those backup center minutes. That's my personal opinion, and Len is probably the odd man out there. But uh, we'll get to that right now because I'm going to start picking guys off. I'm going to start pulling guys out and see how you react. So starting with the percentage chance, right, so you've established baseline 50% that they make the playing game. I'm going to pull Rashawn Holmes out and tell me how you react your percentage and then how you're changing that rotation.
2: Oh, well, man, for a team that like already can't defend the rim and you pointed out to me actually, like I, and I think a lot of Kings fans have definitely overrated Holmes uh, defensively there, but like legitimately, I don't know who else is going to really be able to defend the paint. Um, at that point, I guess you're starting Bagley at the five, and you just try to really outrun everyone. I know we've heard a little bit of rumblings of, like, wanting to keep the pace back up. Um, so I guess that's what you're doing there. But, man, this is a rough one to start out. Um, the percentage is dropping a lot here, though, because it's a big drop-off after Holmes to Bagley, Leonard, Giles at this backup five. I mean – it's at least tw- at most 20% um mm, I'm probably even yeah like a 15% chance here I think that is a big loss for a guy that we've kind of called the mvp a couple
3: times this year yeah that's a huge difference um going all the way down to 15 20% and then who are you kind of you are you doing Len as the backup to uh. to bagley
2: yeah, as the backup to Bagley, yeah, that's probably what I'm going with there. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of depth at the four because, you know, you could maybe play with some Beale to minutes at the five. Like, they have done it a tiny bit this year against bench units, but pretty much, yeah, Bagley's the starting five and then lends the backup one there. Gotcha.
3: Okay, let's go to – this one's a little bit of an oddball because I don't know mm-hmm. if, if he's going to be starting or not. I could totally see him starting, uh, but I could also, you know, I, I've advocated for him to come off the bench as have you, as has Tim, as has Sanjesh, a lot of the Kings Herald crew, and a lot of people in general. Um, let's pull – so say say Holmes is back in. Now we're going to pull Nemanja Bialita out. to Hmm. So,
2: to me, the way this lineup changes is you just- slide Barnes to the four and you're either starting Baysmore or Buddy at three. I'd probably go with Baysmore and I'm fine with Brewer stepping in and taking up those backup minutes that Bazemore had before. Um, B. is actually a guy I've kind of um, labeled as, I think he should get less minutes in the bubble. I think he is kind of a defensive liability here. Um, but you are losing a good bit of depth and we know that the Kings need shooting from their front court spot, especially like along someone like a Holmes or Bagley. Um, but yeah, I think he could be one of the lesser contributors compared to what he was doing in the regular season. Uh, I'm still going to knock it down like 10% here. I think that lowers it to about a 40% chance here.
3: Okay. Not too severe. Um, and you've given a, a line share of those minutes to Brewer, which I like. I think that's, that's interesting and realistic. Um, kind of moving down the line up here, let me kind of do a combination question here. Uh, you know what, no. First, let's start with Barnes because this one might be very real. This one might be very, very real. Uh, Barnes still in Sacramento, uh, still at home. Uh, if he cannot make it out to the bubble in time, uh, assume that Bealita and Holmes are back in. So we're just talking Barnes out right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I said 15, 20% from Holmes. I feel like this has got to be even lower, actually. I mean, this is a guy that I, I think, again, should get some of the most minutes right next to Fox. I think that a lot of those should come at the four, but really he's your only quality. As I look over the depth chart again, I, I think this is right. I think he's really your only quality like wing defender that has a chance of even slowing down some of these guys when you look at... I mean, I guess the guys they're going up against aren't crazy. Like, you think of the two L.A. teams. I mean, they only play the Lakers on the last game of the season. Um, but, say, like a Brandon Ingram or a Zion Williamson, even minutes that you maybe want to throw at, like, Luka Doncic or something like that. Um, I mean, he's probably your best defender and your most versatile one that – Uh, for a place that I already said, there's some lack of depth at the four. I mean, this one is going to hurt a lot. Um, and like you said, there's a chance of this happening. I'm going down to, I think it's a, hmm, a like 7% chance if Barnes is there, isn't there. Like, yeah, this is
3: hurt. This is a legit horrific scenario. And and it's like, like maybe happening, you know, uh, I don't think people are even worried enough about this. Um, I wrote an article today for the B that talks about this a lot. Just basically going into it's actually a it's actually a draft piece talking about Patrick Williams. And the, like my big my macro point is like, hey, the Kings probably need a combo forward, like because they only have one. They like legit only have Harrison Barnes that can play the forward spots, like you can argue that the is a power forward and you can argue that, you know, Kent Bazemore can play the three or that Bogey can play the three, but like there is no one on the roster that can play both forward spots other than Harrison Barnes, which is terrible, which is disastrous. Like it's the most important position in the game, in the modern game. Um, and they've just got straight up nobody behind Barnes, and it's going to be a disaster, I, I think. It could be, like, I mean, playing, you know, the Rockets are on the schedule, and their entire roster is combo right. forwards. Right. It's, it's really, like, going to be bad news. Um, yeah, and I mean, like.
2: Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. There's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, BetOnline. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? BetOnline has futures odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE bet
3: online your online wagering experts so in terms of replacing this oh. uh, replacing this player like i mean this is this is where i'm kind of interested to go deeper like are, are you seeing any minutes for Daquan Jeffries i know coach Walden has said that Jeffries has been getting run at the three uh, Kyle guy i mean sorry uh uh, Justin James said that he is getting a little run at the three. Like, are you just kind of trying to slap uh, Corey Brewer in there, or like, what's happening?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm just sliding my small forwards down, which, like you said, Barnes probably really is the only small forward on this team, but then after, you like, on my depth try to have Bazemore and Brewer, and you probably just give a majority of the minutes to Bazemore, and just additional ones to Buddy slash Bogey playing at the three, um, and then some backup minutes to Brewer as well, but, I mean, it's a big downgrade, and you probably just got to give a majority of, of it to more, I feel like. And then, like I said, also, like, Bogey playing at the three, or Buddy, whichever one you want to say is playing at the three, up those minutes a little bit more, too.
3: Mm-hmm. So, no, but no, no rookies cracking the rotation here? I don't
2: think so. I don't think so, unless, I mean, it starts to look like you're not making it, you know, or obviously, like, a situation where you feel like you have a little bit of wiggle room to try something. Um, I think these eight games are too valuable.
3: In that scenario, say the Kings start 0-3. When do you crack into the, you know, the development group? When are you like, you know what, these are good minutes for Justin James and David Jeffries to get some run?
2: 0-3 oh, probably does it. Um, I would still maybe hold out hope because you're playing the Pelicans in that next one in the fourth game. Um, say, I mean, obviously you'd have to gauge how the other team started if the Pelicans or Blazers or both somehow started 3-0 themselves. Um, then, yeah, I'm pretty close to throwing in the towel at that point, and you really are just looking for developmental minutes um, a lot to Bagley at that point. And like you're saying, I'm interested in Jeffries. I like Justin James. um, but yeah, I'd probably hold that hope until that New Orleans <laughs> one, just because it's a direct competitor. Um, but yeah, I mean, three zero, you're pretty much calling it at that point, and four zero, you definitely are.
3: Yeah, great point about New Orleans. I mean, if you win both those games, you know, five and three is still doable if you if you can get those two off New Orleans. So good point. Um, sliding down some more, and I'm gonna do this one as a combination. Can you do for me? Buddy and Bogey, kind of together and separately, right? So everyone else is healthy. Uh, you know, is it gonna be the same percentage drop? I want to know. This is like a this is a good question. I want to know like which one being gone affects the percentage more.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
3: Um, yeah, these were gonna be
2: the tough ones for sure. Um, hmm. I mean. I think I like Bogey a little bit better, but I honestly don't know how much. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get some more defense from him as well, and I think that Bogey benefits the starters a bit more. But obviously Buddy's uh, benefiting that bench unit. I don't know. I think i got to call it even here. And either way, if you're losing one of these guys, though, I mean, it's a big hit to to the scoring of the team, to – the creation, the staggering that you're going to have to do when Fox isn't out there, which, you know, hopefully you don't have to do as much because you would like to think that you can just ride Fox a little more than usual. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is a big hit. I think either one of those guys you lose, maybe it's a cop-out, I'm going to call it even, Um, I'd go 15% for
3: either one. So break the tie. You have Mm -hmm. a a magical choice here. you know <laughs> you know, yeah, obviously silly uh hypothetical, but if you had to lose one uh you know or or if you if you could only keep one, who are you keeping?,
2: mm, I think it's buddy because you're only playing eight games, like buddy can catch fire, buddy can win you like a game or two, I mean it's not to say that Bogey can't, I don't know, I think I'm going with buddy, um, he's a little more hit or miss. But I think that that just straight shooting, if you do, if you really are picking the pace up a guy that was, I mean, leads the team in scoring, um, I barely didn't this year, but, you know, is always really up there. I think that I'd probably rather go with that one. And then you kind of have Bazemore taking uh, Bogey's minutes as a little bit more of a glue guy in a way, which Bogey seemed to fall into a little bit, although he was like a very high-level glue guy when he got moved to that starting lineup.
3: Yeah, and I think I, I I think that I'm with you. Just maybe just the shooting alone, it's like uh, in eight games, Bogey feels more replaceable. Um, I mean, like Bogdanovich, like uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, Bazemore feels like more of a one-to-one translation to what Bogdanovich can do. Right. It's not great, but um, yeah. So and you had them both a 15% chance. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it really hurts for either one of these. I think that you know maybe you could case make a case for a little bit higher, but I, I think that you these are the these guys and Fox are really like kind of all your creation.
3: I'm surprised that you think it's as severe as if Rashawn Holmes went down, just because you know they play a similar position where I think there's maybe more replacement there.
2: Um yeah, you know, know. this guy could kind of just take more minutes and step up. I see what you're saying.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, just reacting to to your responses here, but yeah, and then, you know, how are you feeling this? We kind of you, we kind of talked into it and around it, but you're just slapping base more into that other wing spot and then giving what? I mean, are you still giving Brewer these minutes because at shooting guard in particular, he is he is not a great shooter.
2: Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think that you'd have to put Bazemore at a lot of these two-guard minutes, and maybe this is a situation where you're trying a little bit of Jeffries or uh, Justin James, but for the most part, I mean, that would be the same thing that kind of how I feel about Bagley Giles is that you'd have to have him on a really short leash, like you're trying it for – a four or five minute stretch and if it's just clearly not working out, like I I understand that's kind of unfair to those guys, but you have only eight games that you're working with here. Um so yeah, I'd probably slide Bays more to that two spot. And then I already want Barnes getting a heavy load of minutes and then probably have yeah, Brewer at that backup three. Um yeah, and interestingly again, I mean that's another spot that you could kind of see Jeffries or um, Justin James slotting in a little bit, and probably just for the sake of him having a little bit of NBA experience and more time with the um, with the big league, I'd probably lean Justin James. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm going with here, that Bazemore would become a backup two here. And then Brewer and Justin James kind of split these back up three minutes, majority to Brewer.
3: Yeah, and another concern here is that James and Jeffries both aren't great shooters, um, as well as Brewer. So, I mean, like, Bazemore is your best shooter out of this group, and he's not, like, a great shooter. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you might even need to sign somebody, like, at that point. Yeah just anyone that can knock down shots, but, yeah, um, so, I mean, I guess we get to the main event here no, in some Deere. ways, all right, yeah, go ahead, explain it, yeah, if De'Aaron
2: Fox is not playing the Kings, you know, zero is probably unfair, like, I guess anything can happen him, like, what, like, they'll give this team, like, a two percent chance or something but De'Aaron Fox is this entire team like I think that part of the reason that the Kings are going to have a chance for this play-in is that I I think De'Aaron Fox really needs to be more aggressive and assert himself and kind of just dominate some of these games and take over I think the entire team revolves around him I'm not comfortable with you know all the playmaking going to uh, Buddy and Bogey to handle that. Like, are you just going to see a little bit of like Dallas Mavericks, Harrison Barnes trying to initiate the offense? I just don't see how this works. Um, like Fox is is kind of the whole team to me. I think everything kind of revolves around him. And you know, there's minutes they get away with it. Like, I think Kojos a fine, like low level starting point guard. But I mean, yeah, if you look at that and you compare it to Pelicans, New Orleans roster, like some of these games just get a lot more difficult and yeah, I mean, he's the whole engineer team. I think it's kind of, that's, that's really what it is. I won't say it's impossible, I guess, but it's really close to zero. Like I said, I'll give it like a 2% chance. Uh,
1: okay.
3: Um, okay. I, I, I'll respect that. Um, I do quickly want to get you down to zero uh, what does that take? Is that, what, Fox plus anybody? Yeah, like, honestly, Fox and yeah. – I, mean, I mean, like, like – Basically like, anyone else?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Like, any one of those rotation guys, like, if it's any of Fox and then, like –
3: Fox and Lawrence
2: Bazemore. Or is, is
3: Fox and Bazemore zero? Ugh.
2: See, this is my thing: is that I just didn't want to say zero. So if you're like just trying to get me to say zero, like I, do, I really can well, say that for Fox. If you're
3: whatever. gonna say, if you're gonna say that you will never go to zero, then I can move on. But if, if you're, if you're that, given real numbers and and zero is gonna be one of them, I want to just get yeah. to that.
2: If, if, yeah, no. So like the only reason I didn't pick zero is because I don't want to say that anything's impossible. But if I was giving okay. them zeros, Fox would going out okay. would be the zero. Okay.
3: Effective zero. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Um, okay. Cool. I mean, so, are you kind of the
2: same way here? Yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, I mean, like, I will say that, uh, the Kings did go nine and eight when Fox, uh, sprained his ankle. So, like, weirdly good basketball was played. It, there was a weirdly lot of wins, but I do not buy that as something that could happen again. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. Um. I'm definitely with you. Um, we've done, like, kind of the primary starters, and now I want to do some backup guys and see see kind of what – how you'd react to some bench players going out. Um, you know, and obviously the numbers are going to be not as affected as dramatically, but I think it can still be revealing of what you're going to do in this situation, who so you're going to bring into the rotation. Marvin Bagley.
2: Hmm. I mean, I don't know how much this really affects it. Um, like, I already think that majority of your minutes at the four go to Bielita and Barnes. Bagley really is like a big X factor here. There's a chance that him playing makes the team worse. Like we've been saying it. Um, I wanted
3: to hear that. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, and I do. The I just wanted does not go
2: up.
1: Did it go to
3: 52?
2: No, no. <laughs> no, I can't do 50-500%. that. 55 percent. Oh, God. Um, No, I can't go up on this, but, like, it's really not going down But you could go up.
1: Yeah,
3: I guess you could. They have a terrible record when Marvin Bagby plays. His Mm -hmm. net rating is atrocious. 0-11 in games that he started in his career is horrific. Yeah. But – if they
2: legitimately are bringing the pace back, like, I think that's where Marvin, I mean, it's always been hypothetical, but that's where he fits with Fox, right? And I think that you would hope that if Bagley's a negative out there, that you're just not really playing him. Um, man, I think I'm just going to stay at the
3: 50. Okay, no effect for the number two overall pick, <laughs> the 2018 yeah, yeah, Um yeah. Let me ask you something. Is Luke, is Luke Walton the bad coach?
2: You know, I don't I don't want to rush to do that label. Like, I think there's – I understand aspects of what he's doing with, like, slowing it down, and you really need to have a half-court offense, and the Kings didn't have much of that at all before. But they also got rid of their biggest strength in the um, full-court offense in the high pace, obviously, but – you know, I'm seeing it justify a little bit with like Fox and Bagley, the two guys that probably are the reason that you do that most were out a lot of the year. Um, so I, I kind of see it like I, I I don't know. I mean, I think obviously you look at like Buddy Heel, then he didn't utilize that well. I don't want to rush to say he's. I I, I don't want to put a good or bad label on him yet, but I'm definitely skeptical of his coaching job.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there kind of out of the blue because I was listening to Sam Bustini's podcast uh, the other day and he said uh, he was talking about Luke Walton and he said he was was concerned that he might not be a good coach. Um, And I think he said something to the effect of um, there are not many bad coaches in the NBA. The, The level of coaching is very high. Um, even compared to you know just past seasons, but Luke Walton might be the one he is most worried about being a genuinely
2: bad coach. Yeah, I mean, like I think there's free agent coaches that I would prefer over Walton, and
3: that probably says a lot. He, he might be the he might be the worst coach in the league. let I mean, Jim style there. That's true. That's <laughs> a great. That's a fantastic point.
2: Thibodeau might be a coach soon. Like, that's I, a good point. <laughs> but no, I mean that's the competition you're worried with, you know, like. Uh, yeah. I definitely see where you're coming from.
3: Yeah, bottom five, right? Uh,
2: yeah, probably.
3: Yeah. And did yeah. you hear also the CD, uh
2: in the? Uh, I think he was talking with Spencer Perlman about a bunch of uh, their draft disagreements, and he had like a good 30 seconds of just ranting about how pissed he was about the game's utilization of Bagley.
3: He's. I missed. I haven't heard that one yet. Um. The, but the one before that, he also did that.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. So
3: yeah, I he think he's ranting Bagley
2: about a little bit.
3: I think he's ranting about um, Marvin Bagley on his podcast now. On yeah. most episodes, <laughs> turn the tune into any episode of Game Theory with Sam Bassini and you'll get all of all the rant. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate him caring because most people just accept that the Kings suck at handling Bagley and uh, and just move on. I appreciate him putting up putting up a fight about that. I, I really do. Um, but moving back to what we were going through here, um, I've got one that I think is kind of interesting. Uh, Corey, uh, I'm sorry, uh, no, let's do, yeah, Co- yeah, uh, Corey Brewer. Oh, the other Corey. He's, the other Corey, yeah. Corey Brewer, he's the guy that, like, you have probably mentioned in pretty much every scenario here so far, as, like, maybe the, the first guy in for any forward or wing or shooting guard. Like, aside from Point Garden Center, he's kind of the first guy in, it seems like, in any scenario. um, Who is taking Corey Brewer's, like, backup minutes? So this, and this would have to be, like, someone else going out. For, you know what? I'm actually going to do this differently. Yeah, it'd have to be two guys. It'd have to be two guys. Brewer's so. just, like, the fallback right now for me. But he's, like, the fallback for, like... A bunch of yeah, scenarios. Right, right, So, or yeah, I guess I'll start with that. Like, who's your fallback to him? Like, who's the next fallback guy? Because now I feel like we have to get into the rookies. Right, because,
2: I mean, like, if you're talking a two-guard, like, Bazemore's playing the two or the three, pretty much. And I don't feel good about Brewer playing the two. Um, I don't know. I guess you could get away with it. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're pretty much – it's Saquon Jeffries or Kyle or um or uh, Justin James.
3: Yeah, and do you have a strong preference?
2: Not a strong one. I'd probably lean James just because he has NBA minutes, but also like Jeffries has a prototype of a guy that you could kind of just plug and play.
3: Yeah, I lean Jeffries for what it's worth. Okay.
2: Yeah, I I could be talking to either one. Like I, I just slightly would say James just because I feel like he spent more time with the uh, major league club. Support for the King's Pulse Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, we all have a time where we have hurt ourselves, or at least been terrified to hurt ourselves, I know I do, trimming below the waist. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. This is a premium tool with a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes, works in the shower so you can take care of your business in there if you prefer that. Also has an extremely cool LED light attached to it that illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that chunk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Kings Pulse at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Kings Pulse, no space, Kings Pulse at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Kings Pulse with no space.
3: So, say Kent Bazemore is out, does that affect the percentage chance to you? Hmm. Because Marvin Bagley didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, in a weird way, I'm, I'm like, asking, is is Kent Bazemore more valuable for this team than Marvin Bagley? Over these eight games? Uh, I think yes. so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, how much so? It doesn't hurt you,
2: like, crazy, I don't think, because... You know, like I said, I think you're already playing Barnes a lot, even if some of those minutes are at the four, but then some of these bogey-slash-buddy minutes will go to the three, and Brewer just fills it in a little bit there. Um, but, you know, I think it hurts you, like, what, like a 45%, 42% you're going down to here?
3: Would you rather lose Baysmore or
1: Bialyta? Hmm.
2: Wow, I would probably. Wow, cause I said forty percent for Bealiza. Mm You know, I'd probably rather lose Bealiza.
3: Yeah, is, I mean, I see the argument honestly because there's you just two Barnes to the four. Like, and you have a little bit of wing depth. I, I like just because there's no like small forward options. I, I mean, right. Corey Brewer is going to be playing a lot of wing if Bazemore goes down. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean,
2: Bielita, I mean, you just give most of Barnes' minutes at the four, and, yeah, the three just becomes, like, Bazemore with Brewer and Bogey. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably prefer to lose Bielita, just because he's, like, one of the guys I've kind of circled as I think that he could – be a little bit more of an issue. He's a guy that I kind of view as a little bit of a regular season player, and I think this is almost going to be a playoff sort of situation over these eight games.
3: Yeah, it's understandable. Like, at the same time, maybe he just goes for, like, 17 points a game because he's just bombing three. Maybe he, like, legitimately shoots 55% from three. Over these eight games, you he's know what had I mean. A lot of hot
2: starts, like <laughs> I think most of these last years, like he's literally been insane the start of the years. So
3: yeah, no, like he he yeah no like he legit shoots fifty percent on the first eight games of like most periods of his life. Yeah. So it can go the <laughs> other way, but yeah, like the Baysmore thing is is interesting to me because if Baysmore were not to be available, you're pretty much looking at guys playing huge minutes at the wing who have not played basketball this year basically like uh, at a professional Mm -hmm. level you're looking at brewer you're looking at james you're looking at jeffries who i think combined are less than 500 minutes of basketball and day basketball right yeah and
2: obviously (laughs) a far from ideal situation there um Yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting question. I'm going to tweet this one out from the KP account for sure and see what people think. Uh, But, yeah, I'd probably, for the reasons that we've stated, I'd probably rather be without Bielitsa, even though both would be a decent hit here. Um, Yeah, it's definitely rough. And, I mean, another spot that I think you're probably going to get to, and
3: maybe I'm jumping the gun, but, like, if you lose Corey Joseph. That's next. So let's just do that right now. Say Corey Joseph's out, how much does that – Affect your chances.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, like, I want Fox getting, what, like, 30, 36, 38 minutes, you know? Um,
3: Move over, Tom Thibodeau.
2: Right, but (laughs) it's eight games, dude. Like, if he can handle it, you know, and that, yeah, I I think that that's kind of what you want to be doing here. Um, So, that being said, though, like, Yogi Ferrell for eight minutes, Uh, you could really get screwed over for those eight minutes. Especially if you already have a Buddy Healed or a Bielitsa or a Bagley or a Giles out there as well. Like, your defense can have some serious holes. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, this
1: one, I don't think it hurts hmm.
2: quite as much as more Hmm... It's pretty close to these, though. I, I think that this is another situation. I'm kind of like between this 40 to
3: 45 mark.
1: Um, yeah,
3: I mean, add him as an option in that tweet, honestly, because it's right. it's similar. Um, and you could even do Bagley as like the fourth option, and watch him absolutely lose a Twitter poll <laughs> against those other players for most valuable in these eight games. But you mentioned Farrell. Um, is it Farrell? Like, that's kind of his role, right? Is like third string point guard, but is that even how it would work out? I'm not sure. Interesting. I mean, like, w- what, what if you, you have Bogey cover the backup one, and then you're, you're just going more Brewer, even, I mean, like, legit, I think Justin James could get looks on the wing in that scenario before Farrell gets like, you know, back up one minutes. That's interesting. You, you know, you're right. I think that that's what that's what you would
2: try. Like you move bogey to the one, um, and maybe even like Baysmore there as well. Another guy that I'd feel at least like. I don't know how comfortable bringing the ball up the floor, but more so than, like, a Buddy or a Yogi Farrell for the most part, um, and, like, maybe could give get away with some minutes guarding opposing ones in a situation where you're kind of screwed here in the minutes that Fox isn't out there. Um, so, yeah, you're probably right. You'd probably give the one minutes, like, your backcourt would probably become, like, a bogey base more sort of situation.
3: So jumping back to center briefly – did I nail you down on like who is playing backup five for you if Bagley's out? Uh, as far as Len Giles,
2: yeah, I mean, I've been. I, I think it's all fun. I, I think that I don't think you don't give Harry Giles minutes, but he's just so sporadic with his level of play. Like I think that it, I, I said it a couple times. Like he's just a guy that I'd have out there on a short leash and. If I have to pick one, I'm picking Len just because I feel like you know what you're getting.
3: Okay, that's that's fine. Um, I'm always gonna be here to stand for Harry Giles. I'll, I'll, that's my promise. I had a dream recently. Okay. I think I shared this with you, but I had a dream. It felt so real that Harry Giles signed with the Miami Heat in the off season, and. While I was heartbroken, um, I did buy, uh, that Miami Vice jersey with Giles on the back. Yeah. I, <laughs>
2: I don't blame you. That would be an absolutely gorgeous jersey. And it's literally just, you know, taking the man out of bio place. It's not bringing the ball up to the floor or anything, but, you know, they get to run a little bit of an offense. I think that interestingly, also say like a, uh, um, a, uh, what, man, I'm drawing a blank. A, uh, what team is Jokic on? Why can't I think of the damn name? Denver? Yeah. Like, I mean, just because it would be the same play style sort of thing that you've yeah. been working with a little bit as that backup five. Um, But, yeah, like, I totally think, like, between Len and Giles, like, Giles is the one that could even potentially, like, win you a quarter. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. Len is going to do that on his own, but Giles also could completely lose you a quarter. Um, So that's why I kind of just go with – um. Again, like you, just the consistency of Len, even if it's not a very high level of play that you're necessarily getting.
3: Mm-hmm. So this one's obviously a zero, but for the sake of figuring out what the wing looks like depth-wise, say that Buddy and Bogey were both not available. Who cool. are you starting at the two and the three. I mean, I guess you could start Barnes at the three, Bellier at the four. Who were you starting at the two? Um, And then who is, like, getting Um, backup minutes at the two and the three? Yeah, I think you got to start Bazemore at the two.
2: Kind of sucks for shooting, but I don't – there's not a great deal of options at that point. And then, yeah, like, again, Brewer and – like the other three guys you work with, but splitting the backup two and three minutes is Brewer, James, and Jeffries. Um, Like I said, I lean James a little bit more than Jeffries, but I think there's an argument for Jeffries there. So, yeah, I think that Bazemore would slide into that starting two, and then you'd work between those three guys to kind of um, work out the backup minutes at the two and three spot.
3: You mentioned shooting being rough there. Um, I mean, would you consider Farrell getting a look here? Um, A little more of a consistent shooter, and I'm going to throw his name out there because it hasn't been mentioned yet. I mean, Kyle Guy can shoot.
2: Yeah, like, so you're talking the backup too, right? Not, Not the starting spot?
3: In this scenario where you're marching out, I mean, like, and also you can talk about Corey Joseph potentially getting into, like, more minutes. But, you know, if you're margin out Fox, Bays, Barnes, Belly, Holmes, as your starters, I mean, I guess it's simple to just say we'll give more – we'll just keep giving minutes to Brewer. He's, like, this default that we just keep giving minutes to. But, I mean, if you're really looking for shooting guard skill – I mean, I think you can make an argument for Farrell or Guy in that specific role.
2: Yeah, I think you could. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'd still probably try more Joseph Minutes. I think that that's a guy that, you know, I, I do think, like, he is a playoff caliber backup guy, and, you know, you just try a little bit more with him and Fox out there. I don't, I. I mean, again, like, Shooting is a worry, but, like, seen, somewhat okay catching shooting from Corey Joseph, Um, it's obviously streaky, but you would just rely on a little bit more defense there. And, yeah, I mean, I'm really hesitant to throw, like, any of Guy, Jeffries, Farrell, like, Justin James, like, it just, it, I mean, it's a situation, like, obviously, said it a bunch, like, it's eight games that are determining everything for you at this point, and I'm really just going to rely on the guys that have kind of been
3: through it a little
2: bit more as much as I can.
1: Yeah, I'll say
3: for myself, I think in a situation where you're losing a lot of shootings, so say it's Buddy and Bielica out, or Buddy and Bogey out, or... Bogey and B-Elite's be out, I might give Guy a chance here. Um, 40% shooter on absurd, like, 10 threes a game type volume in the G League. Uh, he's not terribly experienced, uh, obviously, in in the NBA, but, you know, won a championship uh, in college definitely like a clutch guy like he's going to give you all types of problems on defense but i think i would give guy a shot if not for like the development of it where you know that even if you're not throwing in the towel like the towel's kind of been thrown in at this point if you're losing this much shooting i might give i might give guy a look
2: yeah i don't need it because like you said i mean there is like the one translatable skill uh you would hope for sure with guy there and and I guess they ran him at point guard a little bit. Uh you know, maybe you'd play with some minutes there as well and yeah, I, I don't I, I definitely don't mind giving him a look. Like you said, it's a far from ideal situation, and I definitely see your logic there.
3: Alright, so one player left we have not discussed. What do I have to do to get you to say the words to Barry Parker?
2: <laughs> oh my god. He exists. Uh but he's not. No, like
1: Jabari Parker's
2: not happening. There's no.
3: What's the scenario? What's it, tell? Explain to me a scenario where Jabari Parker gets off. Oh. Ten, ten minutes again. All right. So
2: there's no. <laughs> I think you're the worst for this. <laughs> um. So let's say that, like, I'll, I'll say I can't exit Barnes because, yeah. Okay. So if Jabari Parker's only playing the four. Um, like, if there's no Bielitsa, no Bagley, like, I don't know, literally, who else on the team can play the four, aside from Barnes? Um, yeah. Like, Giles, I guess. Um, Justin James? No, questions. like, uh, you know, like, if you're playing the Rockets, I guess, like, but, no, I mean, if, if Bielitsa and Bagley both went down, like, I guess. Like Bazemore,
3: certain... might, Bazemore might have given minutes to four I'd probably
2: try it before Jabari Parker. I think Luke Walton would try Parker first, but. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I think that if Bealita and Bagley went down, you actually could see Jabari Parker mess. Oh, I hate
3: B-Elisa, it. Bealita and Bagley went down. Okay, so, yeah, I mean. I mean,
2: Imagine yeah, if Barnes and Bealita go down, your your four rotation is back lane Jabari Parker.
3: I mean, maybe like Giles is getting looks that I think he should play more for. He should yeah. definitely play more for. I don't know, man. I mean, th- th- this is the end of the segment when we start talking <laughs> about Jabari Parker. So this is this is that's all I got for you.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I honestly made an entire depth chart before this, and I did not write the name Jabari Parker. Totally forgot he was <laughs> on the roster. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, I mean, I think that. Kind of like we've known, the most important guys really seem to be Fox, Barnes, and Holmes. Um, Touched on kind of bogey and buddy. If one were to go down, able to at least slightly fill each other's role um, to the point where it wouldn't be extremely detrimental. So, yeah, I mean, kind of as expected. I think Fox, Barnes, and Holmes being the three uh, key guys and least replaceable ones, really.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I I don't think I – you know, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, Our only, like, differing points, I think, is I'm a little higher on Daquan Jeffries than you, which has been, I think, the case for a while. Um, I am probably going to be quicker to want to give the kids more time. Um, The rookies on the roster, I'd probably be a little bit quicker to get them out there. Um, I'm a little bit more than Alex on um, Alex Lynn than you are, which we I think we've established. And yeah, I also don't think it's like the death sentence um losing Rashawn Holmes. I don't think it's the death sentence necessarily that you think that it is, only because he has been out of it for so long with the shoulder injury. And I think I would have optimism if Bagley had to start. Not that I think it would go great, but like I could see a scenario where Bagley's the starting center and, and good things happen. and I think that's just tied to how strongly I feel that Bagley is in fact
2: Yeah, and I don't think you're alone. Uh Zach Lowe put out a piece talking about thirteen fascinating lineups he wants to see when the season restarts and he mentioned uh, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Harrison Barnes, and Marvin Bagley. And uh, Sanjesh did a great job kind of breaking down that lineup a little bit at the Kings-Herald. But uh, you're definitely not alone in that. I'm very much with you at this uh, Bagley play in the five. I, I do think, again, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that losing Holmes would be a big deal. But I wouldn't hate getting Bagley at the five minutes for, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, this is a team that despite not being super young, like, you still need developmental minutes with, like, Fox and Bagley specifically. So I don't hate it, I, but, yeah, obviously far from ideal.
3: Definitely. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it for us today. Definitely check out what Sanjesh wrote over on kingsherald.com, along with all the other great stuff. Uh, Sanjesh is going off right now. He is he's is hot. he's bringing he's bringing the heat um, video breakdowns on Giles, on uh, the sixtieth pick Vanja Marinkovic, on on all types of guys. Uh, he's got some home stuff up there as well. so uh, check him out while he's hot and check out Kingshails dot com as well as the patreon.
2: Yeah, Brian, will have some drafts up going up there on guys we have and haven't talked about. And yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Kingsports Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, and like, subscribe, rate, and review. And you will hear from us again in the next couple of days here.